We are back on the News and Views Radio Network. I am Rob Kupek. I'm filling in for uh, Joel Heidkamp today. And um, just so happens, our next guest. Your is, boss. I guess. <laughs> uh, my boss are the people of the Senate District 4 in Minnesota. But maybe the boss of Minnesota, he's also, you know, the people are also the boss of uh, the governors. So. Uh, Governor Walls, Tim Walls is joining us. Uh, good morning, hey. good morning, Governor. How you doing? Good, good morning. I like to go by State Football Champion. You know that's <laughs> one I hang on to still. But, um, <laughs> good, to, good to talk to you, Rob. Man, what a Renaissance man! You you delivered on all fronts, and uh, and here you are. So good yeah. to be with you. I know it's funny. So it's funny. You know, like I I don't like really run into you running around the Capitol. Uh, so this is how we have to get together and talk. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, or walking the levees out there, uh, you get right. me out there to look at projects, and so, yep. uh, so hopefully this knock on wood on that one. Maybe this spring we're yeah we're, we we're have uh, yeah it's pretty dry up here. We've had we've had no you know no snow. We were just we were just talking weather actually here in the last segment. Uh, uh, weirdly, a wet winter only because we got three inches of rain back in December, but we have uh, yeah. one of the least snowiest winters on record. So you never know. March yeah. can bring something weird. So. Uh, well, here we are in March. I agree. But yep. uh, we worry drought, uh, you know, it's spotty across the state. So now's the time to keep an eye on it because I know your folks are, are thinking about getting in the fields here before too long. Yep. And uh, particularly uh, northern Minnesota, northern North Dakota, uh, it is still very dry up there. And so those are the areas, uh, you know, right now that yeah. we, we would have some concerns about. So, but you're not here to talk weather. So because that was the last segment, uh, unless you want to do that. And, oh, I am from Minnesota, so <laughs> that is pretty much the icebreaker. Yep. <laughs> so uh, a couple, I want to, I want to, um, I know we are in the middle of tax season right now. Uh, people are yeah. filing their taxes. And, you know, one of the things uh, we did last session together uh, was pass a child tax credit in Minnesota. And um, I hear um, there are some really encouraging numbers about the number of people that are taking that child tax credit. Yeah. And everywhere I travel across the country, this this is the nation's leading child tax credit. This is aimed at families from about, you know, 90 some thousand dollars on down are able to to claim this. We saw during the pandemic when the federal government did this bipartisanly, uh, we reduced childhood poverty at a greater rate than we ever have in this country. Uh, Minnesota ranks very near the top in the lowest amount of childhood poverty. But this child tax credit has already hit nearly 240,000 children the tune of about $300 million. That's about $1,300 uh, per child. And your listeners out there, if you're falling into these categories, um, this is a, it's a tax credit. Whether you need to file taxes or not, you need to fill out a one-page form, do that. And this child tax credit goes back to you. Uh, the legislature, I think, made one of the most uh, significant investments in Minnesota's future because what we know is when childhood poverty rates go down, school attendance goes up, achievement goes up, healthy families, healthy workforce, healthy communities. So it's working. Um, so get the word out. Tell people they, they need to get this. This is part of the the several billion dollars a package of tax cuts that the legislature put through and I signed, including Social Security and others. So good work. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, you know, two things on that. First, I know I know the projection is, is that it could easily cut, you know, child poverty in Minnesota by a third uh, just on That's the correct. child tax credit alone. So uh, that right. is that is worthy notable. I, I will also say um we, it was a, a tremendous historic session last year, and there were a lot of things. I think sometimes what gets lost is the actual. We set a historic amount of tax cuts in that budget last year, and I yeah. think sometimes it gets lost. 
Well, it's messaging, and, and people don't want to. I said that. I know it's hard for you. Some of your listeners are not going to believe it. And you've talked. I'm, I'm pretty fiscally conservative. I think our, our projections yesterday and our, our budget forecast numbers prove that, that this is working. Look, we made massive investments in tax cuts, several billion dollars in that. We made uh, investments in infrastructure, $300 million in public safety, workforce development, things that build for the future. And um, I think what you're seeing is, is that people, it, it, so much gets done, they forget about the things that impact them. Well over 80% of Minnesotans will now have no tax on their Social Security. Uh, that, that hits, you know, the, only the top earners will have a little bit left on that. But Minnesota ranks as the top state in the country for seniors, so we invest that back in there. So I know a lot of this is messaging. And I know they, they, you know, gets talked about in taxes, but once again, Minnesota ranks first in tax fairness, meaning across all tax brackets, it's the fairest. Now, do folks at the very top pay a little more? They do. They do pay a little more. And the argument would be is we get a little more for it. So I, I, I think it was balanced. I think the numbers yesterday proved that we have surpluses for the next four years. Um, no intention, um, at least from the administrative branch of, of doing anything on, on raising taxes or anything. We now let growth happen. Absolutely. Uh, quite, yeah. On those, on those budget numbers too. Um, you know, we did, we, you know, the surplus is, is still there. And, um, obviously in the out years, the two out years, um, you know, um, we still have a surplus and we're still running a surplus. I know sometimes, right. sometimes other people have said, uh, it's a deficit, but it's that's not actually the way the math works. It's it's still a surplus oh, no. there. So <laughs> you get, it's complex, but they're projected. The one thing you all did, and I congratulate you for this, and I think your most conservative, fiscally conservative listeners would agree with you, Senator. We should be adding in the real cost of that, and that includes inflation. Right. So I remind people this is the most honest budget out. These are projections four years out. Um this year, I'm telling folks, look, I, I got to be honest with you, Senator. I think we take care of infrastructure. You delivered Weld Hall, and the North uh, Moorhead Levy projects and the Readiness Center. That was good last year. I think there's more to do in that regard. But I think we're in solid shape. We're AAA bond rated. We're one of the most fiscally uh, sound states in the country. I think now is the time to, you know, to work those investments in. Let let growth happen. Absolutely. And I did, there's actually, there was one question in here too about the, that uh, came in on our text line about the social security uh, attacks there. And so it is yeah. now, you know, if you're, if you're a couple and you're a hundred thousand dollars or less, you pay no tax on your social security. And I think an individual, I think is at about a 78,000. And then that does actually go up to about 140,000 where you'll see a Correct. reduction on that. So it is a huge number of people and it really makes an impact for those seniors that are on you know a tighter fixed income because even even people who are you know who get up even closer to that hundred thousand that are on a fixed income i agree you're still on a fixed income and uh you're kind of counting every penny so i think that that's a that was a great uh step going forward you and i both ran on on this cut and and look i the, the folks at the very top means they have you know, they have other sources of income. These are folks, as you said, making 140000 and they have other instruments in that. But the vast majority of people you see, well over 80%, will not see any state tax. Now, there is federal tax still that was implemented, I believe, in 1986 by President Reagan. So that is still there. The argument being is that uh, states, and, that, and it's spotty on this, uh, we're taxing some of that. So I think you made a prudent move, I think, once again, in terms of tax fairness, the vast majority of people will will be no tax on their social security. Sure. So uh, other than, you know, obviously bonding, are there, are there any other things, you know, you are looking for in this legislative well, session going forward? 
Well, I think, and I've said it, it, it's going to be very measured. I'm going to put out a budget here in a little bit, and, and you guys will, you know, say thank you. That's a great suggestion, and you're the appropriators, <laughs> so you'll do the work. But, but I'm going to I'm going to preach caution on this, but I do think that doesn't mean we don't invest, we don't need to. And I have to tell you, Senator, you have been the voice on the issue of EMS. And I think we talk about a lot of things being a crisis. I'll tell you what a true crisis is, calling 911 and not having an ambulance. We can all agree that that, that is one. Right. So I think for things you're going to be proposing, I, I want Minnesotans to know is, you know, fiscally conservative doesn't mean you don't, you know, replace your water heater when it goes out or that you don't pay, you know, uh, your electricity bill. There's things that we have to do to keep things going. And I think, you know, this session, I'm willing to take a look at some of the things. And I got to be honest, I think the CMS issue is one that rises right to the top. It is. And this is, you know, uh, this is not just a, a you know, confined to Minnesota. This is this is nationally What's across the country. Yes, absolutely. And I know actually we're going to have Senator Smith on a little bit later. And I know on the federal level, she's been doing some stuff. Uh, she's had a couple of meetings even up this way. Uh, and you know, we've had a, we've had we've been going around the state. Um, it's a little different in each part of the state, but there's a definitely an underlying message uh, yeah. that the federal government, if they could step up too with some of those Medicare and Medicaid reimbursements, would solve a lot of the problem. That, that is a lot of it. And just to be clear, our our Medicaid waivers are the things that are driving those out years numbers going up. It's not anything that you passed last year that has anything to do on that spending. Spending and revenue stay almost you know, one-tenth of one percent uh, neutral, but it's those costs. And it's the federal government's inability, for example, not to fund special education in our schools. Right. Federal government's ability to deal with, look, things that are on your listeners' minds, the border, the border crossing, fund the bill. Hire more, hire more folks, hire more judges. Why should it take seven years to adjudicate someone's asylum claim when the bill said 90 days or it's it? Um, those are just things that I don't think these need to be divisive. I think Democrats and Republicans agree. And so I think having the senator on there, someone who understands this and making the case for the federal side, the state can only do so much. Right. And, and we could use their help. And I and I feel like you know as as a new person to this, obviously you've been in this a lot longer than I have. Um, I feel like a lot of what we do at the state level, and we have to nibble around the edges because we're not the federal government, but we have we get a lot more put on our plate because of inaction at the federal level. And I feel like, 100%. yes, hundred percent. Your school districts, your property taxes. Just to be candid with you, look, it's a moral responsibility to care for our students, and the special ed requirement is there. But when the federal government passed that legislation, they said they would fund 40 percent of our costs. It's never exceeded 26 percent. Um, now it's somewhere, I think, 18. I don't somewhere right in there. And that means that we are obligated by law, a mandate, as we should, to take care of all of our children. But because the federal government's mandated, it's their law, and they don't pay for it. We have to make up the difference, and that's one of the highest drivers in ed in education. Again, you uh, and your colleagues, and we signed it, cut that cross subsidy by fifty percent, which means your local taxpayers received a tax cut on that coming from the state, but it's still not enough. So your yeah. point is exactly right. They should fund that. If right. they funded special ed, we would have surpluses in the in the ability to cut property tax across the state. Sure. It, it really is simple. And and I know even even so in some of the out years one of one of the other budget items is um you know obviously we have we have from the state level we have money that comes back in 
to reimburse uh, to cover some of the farmland and the property tax on that. But property taxes on farmland, or of course, values on farmland have been rising extremely high. And so that has also, you know, eaten up some, yeah. of, the, some of the money going out forward that, that comes back. And that's, yeah. a, you know, people always say, well, what is Greater Minnesota getting? That's one of the things, you know, that we get in Greater Minnesota is, you yeah. know, and it's it's not enough. Uh, you know, it'd be nice if we could do it at, at a higher level, but um, some of it is from the feds. You're absolutely right. And some of yeah, and the exemptions you put in. And look, to your listeners, too, of all the 50 states, Minnesota ranks nearly the lowest in terms of federal dollars coming back. We are a payer state. We pay far more in than we get back. There's a lot of states that take more in. And look, we're 50 United States. I'm glad to help them. Um, but I also think that there needs to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to make no apologies when we're going to get back all those infrastructure dollars. You matched it with the states needed to match. Every grant that's out there from the federal government, we're going to get these back because there are states that get massive amounts. Huge parts of their budgets are federal dollars coming back to them. We don't get that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it makes up the difference. Absolutely. Well, Governor, thank you so much for the time. Uh, we are up against a weather break, and I know you've got some other things to run off and attend to. So always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, maybe Good I'll see you in the capital at some point. <laughs> you bet. All right. Thanks a lot.